great to be here with everybody today, and we conclude our one more series uh, that we started here some six weeks ago, and we're going to be talking about reaching one more here in just a minute. But just to kind of recap as we get started, if you weren't with us last week, we uh, uh, really encouraged everybody to find their place of ministry. Everybody's been gifted by God to serve. And we talked about that, and we encouraged everybody to perfectly consider getting involved. And did you know that some 65 people signed up in the lobby? Isn't that exciting? 65 people that said, hey, I want to get involved. I'm not involved right now. I'd like to get involved. If you weren't here and you say, hey, how come I missed all the fun? I mean, the whole lobby was decorated with uh, uh, exhibits and and booths of different uh, ministries of the church. You can uh, go ahead and sign up at the Connection Center. We have some folks there waiting for you. You can also use this QR code and be a part of that. I also want to remind you that we kicked off here several weeks ago our all-church prayer meeting at 5.30 every Wednesday night that leads into our classes that start at 6.30. Do you have anything to pray for? Would you be buoyed in your faith by praying with fellow uh, prayer warriors and and believers? I encourage you to come. Uh, In fact, how many have something that you need to pray about? I have four hands up in the air, you know, got a couple feet. You know, we all have things to pray for. And if that is a time that would work for you, we encourage you to come. Caleb already talked about it, but Friend Day at BCA is next Sunday, and we just really want to encourage you to come. Everybody in attendance will get the new study guide, as well as a special gift for all of our guests, all of our friends that we bring, and we really want to encourage you to be a part of that. Now, tonight, or today rather, we're going to talk about reaching one more. And I want you just to focus in with me for a moment. Who is it in your life that you know needs Jesus? Who in your life do you know that needs to know that God loves them more than they could ever understand and offers eternal life in heaven if they but say yes to him? Every one of us have somebody. Every single one of us. Who is it for you? I was really encouraged to hear about a lady in our church who uh, sometime back invited two ladies to church. They came. Met them at at an exercise, uh, you know, club, class, whatever, and said, hey, why don't you come to church? They came. Last week, they were water baptized. And next Sunday, one of the gals has invited three of her friends to come to Friend Day, and they said they're going to come. Have you ever heard the statement, if you invite them, they will come? Uh, If you build it, they will come. I just want to encourage us to to step out and and invite someone to come. Who is it God's laid upon your heart? Who is God leading you to invite, to build a bridge to, to encourage? Jesus had a mindset about outreach that I want to encourage us to really, really drill down deeply on here today. He says that the Father has sent me, now I am sending you. And then the next verse says, he breathed onto the disciples the Holy Spirit, and they began to move around the area sharing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. As the Father has sent me, Jesus says, I am now sending you. And that command to those first disciples has been handed down to every disciple since then to us, and now is extended to you and to me. And I want to just ask the question, how's that going? God wants to use us to be his ambassadors, to build bridges to lost people. Think about it this way. If you don't reach them, nobody will. You say, Rob, that's a little strong. You know, that's kind of 
you know, putting a bunch of guilt on me. Well, I'm not really trying to do that. L- let me broaden it a little bit. As a church, this is one of our passions. If we don't reach them, nobody will. That has got to be our mindset. It must be our passion. We have to do everything we possibly can to reach far and wide. Sometimes people ask me, how come we're reaching out so much? You know, why are we doing that all the time? Because lost people need Jesus. Can I hear a big amen? People need to know God loves them. We need to reach out in every direction, any way we possibly can to help people find what we have found. A God in heaven who loves us more than we could ever, ever articulate. In fact, Paul said, by all means, save some. You know, uh, he's talking about all sorts of methods and approaches, but I think he's also saying, by all means, you know, exclamation point, get after it. Build bridges, reach people. You can't study the New Testament without seeing the passion behind Jesus and Paul and Peter and James and John and the entire crew. We need to build bridges to people and let them know there's a God in heaven who loves them. There's a story in the New Testament that I think captures the heart of Jesus, and it's found in Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Let me read it for us. Jesus went through the towns and the villages. In fact, I think we have it on screen. Let's go ahead and jump to that. Uh, so everybody can read along. Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Notice three things about the heart of Jesus found in this very precious text. The first is that Jesus was on a search and rescue mission. He was on the prowl. He was on the move. He was looking for people that needed to know God. He was also deeply moved with great compassion and concern for people in pain, people who had needs. And thirdly, it was clear that he wants you and me to participate in his mission in saving the lost. To me, this is what it means to live, love, and lead like Jesus. We talk about this all the time here. We have it on the, the wall of our church. We have it on hoodies and t-shirts. It's the vision of our church. We are to live, love, and lead like Jesus. It's all about Jesus, and we want to point people to Jesus over and over and over again. The lost, the wayward, the, the disenfranchised, people in need, need to know that God loves them, and we must do everything we possibly can to live like Jesus, love like Jesus, and lead people to Jesus. The question that I want you to answer today for yourself, as I am answering for myself, is will we say yes to Jesus? Will we say yes to Jesus? Will we say yes to go on mission with Jesus? Will we say yes to live, love, lead like Jesus? Will we say yes to build bridges to people who are far from God and lead them to Jesus? Will we say yes to be workers in the harvest field and to actively share our story of faith with people who have yet to know it? I want you to consider just three applications from this passage we just read. If I'm going to say yes to Jesus, I need to choose to be outward focused. Jesus went to the villages. He went everywhere he could. He was was looking for people that needed the Lord. 
There's a certain mentality, there's a certain spirituality that we see in the New Testament, we see in Jesus that's required of you and me. It's a focus on other people, specifically those who don't have a personal relationship with Christ. There's a moving story found in Luke 8. It's a powerful story to me, and I think it probably is to you as well. Jesus is on his way to heal a dying girl when he's interrupted by a dying woman. And as Jesus is going to heal the dying girl, he heals the dying woman. Jesus was never concerned about himself. He was never self-centric. He wasn't egocentric. He was always on the lookout for people he could help. He wanted to be a blessing. He wanted to take care of the needs of other people. He was outward, not inward, outward focused. He cared. He rescued. He delivered. This is a mental shift that must take place in all of us if we're to become harvesters in the harvest field for God. We need to ask God to help us be less self-absorbed and more focused on people that live around us, work around us, go to school around us, are in our family, people that need Jesus. I've shared this Venn diagram many times. It, it really captures... Uh, my biblical worldview and one that I've encouraged you to adopt as well. As Christians, I think we do a pretty good job often focusing on biblical morality. You know, we say, here's what we believe. We're all about faith and the Bible and practice and uh, the Ten Commandments and the Eight Beatitudes. And so, you know, we're, we're really, you know, keen on that and that's good. And I think we also know that Living, virtue, uh, living out biblical virtues, the fruit of the Spirit, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, the love chapter, um, being honest and integrous and full of character and love and mercy and justice, those are really, really important. But I think where we fall down a bit is in this third circle, the blue circle, the dark blue circle, and that's reaching passionately. You know, we, we tend to say, here's what we believe, and if you don't believe what we believe, then you're not welcome in our circle. And Jesus says, believe, be anchored deep in biblical truth, live, love, and lead like Jesus, but you also need to build bridges to lost people. You need to do it all. He said, I haven't called you to exclude, I've called you to help bring people into faith and knowledge. Make a list of people in your world that need the Lord and pray for them every day. Begin each day with a commitment to be outward focused. God, help me today to see the needs of others and care for the concerns of other people. Help me be a bringer and inviter. Help me invest and include people around me. Help me build bridges to people who are far from God and help them see that there is a Jesus that loves them so much. Help me lean into living, loving, and leading. There's a really interesting story that happened a couple of weeks ago. I received an email from a gentleman I did not know, and he said, I'm just going to be passing through, and uh, you know, I need some food supplies and some other things. And, and uh, so I passed it on to the Compassion Center uh, because we're eager to help any way and every way we possibly can. Pastor John was trying to find, um, you know, a phone number or some way to connect this individual, and, and he looked in our church database, and he found someone with the same name, 
assuming it was the same person. You know, it's kind of like, wow, that's, that's amazing. We got that person in our database pretty quick. He calls the individual and he finds out it's a coincidence that this gentleman who he was able to reach had the same name, but was not the same person, but the person that he was able to talk to had been praying to God and said, God, I need a sign. If you reach out to me, you know, something to this degree, you know, if you reach out to me or, or, or kind of surprise me with something, I'm going to turn my life back to you. I'm going to be committed to you. I'm going to go the God way. Hi, this is Pastor John from the Bethany Compassion Center. <laughs> I'm calling for God, and I'm your sign. The conversation didn't quite go that way, but I couldn't help but think about that. You say, Rob, what are you saying? All I'm saying is God is at work in the world. He's moving on the hearts of people, and he wants to use you and me as a bridge to help them come to faith. God's at work in ways we don't even know. He's talking to people that we have no awareness that he's talking to them. He's communicating by his Holy Spirit. He's, he's working through circumstances. Their lives are awakening to their need for God. And he's just simply asking, will you say yes and be a harvester in my harvest field? And far too often we say no. I'm just not good at that. Uh, I don't know what to do. Uh, I'm unsure. I get queasy about that kind of stuff. Every Wednesday night, I lead a class here at the church that's a, uh, we kind of do a deep dive on the sermon. And after the prayer class, we uh, go across the hall and we discuss the message. And so we had a nice little group gathering together. And one of the gentlemen said, you know, we were talking a little bit about evangelism and sharing our faith. He said, I have no idea how to do that. I really don't know how to do that. I said, listen, let me destigmatize sharing your faith. Let me help you destigmatize evangelism. All you need to do is simply tell your story. Once I was lost, now I'm found. Once I was blind, now I see. I'm just one beggar showing another beggar where to find bread. I don't know how to answer all your questions. I don't know this. I don't know that. But one thing I know, Jesus Christ loves me and he has changed my life. That's all I know. And that's all you need to know. Because that's what people are looking for, is authentic transformation. If God can do that in your life, maybe he could do that for me. Just tell your story. Who in your life, does God want to build a bridge to? Who does God want to reach out to? The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making appeal through us. Whoa! God is communicating his love through you and me? God, couldn't you come up with a better plan? Us? Yes, you. You are my ambassadors. I'm making appeal to a lost and dying world through you. Whether it be in Sumba, Indonesia, whether it be Duras, Albania, whether it be Lisbon, Portugal, whether it be in Snohomish County, in the state of Washington, or anywhere else, I want to use you, God's people, or God's army, to reach the world. Would you pray with me that our heart breaks for what breaks the heart of God 
and that is people who need to know the Lord? Who in your world needs to know the Lord? What kids at school? What neighbors in your neighborhood? What, what work associates that you work near and with? What family members? These last several Wednesday nights, I've found myself just broken in our prayer meeting, praying for people I know that need the Lord, praying that God will break the chains of bondage, that God will give them eyes to see, that God will liberate them, that God will call them to himself, that God would save their soul and set them free. Choose to be outward focused. Secondly, choose compassion and concern for other people. Jesus led with compassion. Notice, he didn't lead with condemnation. He led with love, not judgment. He led with concern, not criticism. He reserved his condemnation, judgment, and criticism for who? The Pharisees, the religious elite of that day. He got ticked at them on occasion. But not for people who were lost and wayward and needed to know the Savior. Love is a decision. We've heard that before. And it's true when it comes to loving other people to faith. Jesus said, a new command I'm going to give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. All men will know you are my disciples if you what? Love one another. We need to pray daily, God, help me be more loving. God, help me be more compassionate. Help me be more kind. Help me be gripped by the needs of other people. Help me be concerned. Today, many, many, many Christians, and you see it all over social media, and you hear it in people's tone, many Christians choose condemnation, judgment, and criticism as their go-to when dealing with folks who do not believe or act the way they think they should. Now, I get that on an intellectual level, but here's the problem with that. You can't expect people who don't know the Lord to act like they know the Lord. Jesus never expected that. Why, why do we? We keep an unwritten list of who matters to God, who should be cared for, who shouldn't, who should receive compassion, who shouldn't, who should be worthy of our concern, and who shouldn't. Jesus lived and taught and breathed to blow that hypocrisy out of the water. It wasn't how he rolled, and it certainly isn't what he has in mind when he says, I want you to live, love, and lead like me. It never was his plan. In fact, he told a story hoping it would be imprinted on our brain as Christ followers to never forget it's a story of the Good Samaritan. It's a story you're well familiar with. We're not going to take time to read it. But in Luke chapter 10, a, a, a lawyer, a, a religious individual came up to Jesus and, and asked the question. Ultimately, he asked the question, who is my neighbor? You know, who do I need to show love to? And Jesus tells the story of the Good Samaritan in answer to that question. And you remember the story. You know, a guy's beaten up, left for dead, and the most unlikely person imaginable, a Samaritan, who the Jews hated, it was the Samaritan, not the Jewish religious people, but the Samaritan who stopped and took care of the individual, bandaged him up, took him to an inn where he could get more treatment, paid for his treatment, cared for him, all of that. And Jesus asked the 
lawyer who had asked him the question, who seemed more merciful here? You know, the Samaritan or, or the other two religious folks that just passed on by? And of course he answered, well, the person who showed most mercy was the Samaritan. And Jesus said, you're exactly right. Now go and do likewise. When it comes to people who are far from God, they will know we are Christians by our love. We need to build bridges of love. We need to show care, concern, compassion. We need to ask God to give us the wherewithal, the ability to lead with compassion, to care. Who is my neighbor? Anyone who has mercy. Who pleases God? The one who judges? No. The one who criticizes? No. The one who condemns? No. The one who spews negativity and hurt? No. The one who has mercy. There's another story that's so powerfully penetrating on this point. It's found in John chapter 4, and it's the story of Jesus meeting the woman at the well. You remember that one too. She's a Samaritan. Jesus is a Jew. Samaritans and Jews hate each other. This woman checked all the boxes of someone who should be excluded from the kingdom. She was outside the circle of those who should be included. She was a Samaritan. She didn't know God. She had been married five times, and the one fellow she's living with right now is not her husband, wouldn't even marry her, which is a whole other matter in that culture. You could have a debate saying, this is exactly the person that Jesus would not have cared about. And yet, what did he do? He showed compassion. He showed care. He showed concern. He said, woman, I'm asking for water, and that's good, but let me talk to you about living water. Let me talk to you about eternal life. Let me talk to you about your life changing so that you have a personal relationship with Almighty God. Let me tell you who I am. Let me tell you why I've come. And let me tell you about the hope you can have in God Almighty. Jesus lived by only one rule, and that is the rule of love. He lived by the rule of love. And he wants us to live, love, and lead just like him. I was just thinking about this as I was looking at a, a report I received uh, you know, from our church and from the Compassion Center, which is a major outreach of our church, and just kind of walking through kind of a list of people we've been able to reach out to uh, on a day or two together. You know, a single mom with three kids recovering from illness and surgery, needing food, encouragement, and prayer. Another person uh, who's homeless, uh, needing supplies. Another individual needed rent assistance. Somebody else, single man with mental illness, struggling to survive, needed food, encouragement, and help with an application for other resources in our community. A young lady, six months sober after 10 years of severe alcohol abuse, uh, needed prayer, encouragement, getting plugged into our re recovery group, uh, and also help navigating some medical debt issues. Uh, a lady who was diagnosed with breast cancer and helped her become aware of the work of our crisis uh, cancer care project. Another individual uh, uh, who's reaching out, going through a really, really low point in his family and uh, needed encouragement, got that encouragement, 
has come to church and is wanting to grow in God. A woman who lost her husband and as a result lost her housing and now is hopeless, needed somebody to care and throw her a lifeline. Uh, Three other ladies who needed the uh, service of the laundry ministry encouragement and uh, were able to introduce them to faith in Christ. A woman living on the street, uh, 75 years of age, 75 years of age, living on the street, hungry and hopeless. Uh, dropping 100 pounds of food by uh, the Everett Gospel Mission, helping a, a group of lady, uh, ladies uh, at the Everett Gospel Mission with a Bible study, uh, helping some Spanish-speaking friends get involved in teaching English as a second language group that people in our church lead and also get them connected to the Batania Church and more. I look at that list and I just think to myself, Lord, help us do more. Help us live, love, and lead like Jesus more. Help us share and show and describe the love of Jesus Christ more. Help us lean in to living, loving, and leading like Jesus. Jesus cared. He was concerned. He had compassion on the harassed and the helpless. They were like sheep without a shepherd. Finally, we need to choose to work and pray like people's lives depend on it. We need to choose to work and pray like people's lives depend on. If you're available Wednesday night at 5.30, I encourage you to come and make that the time every week that you pray for the lost people in your life. If you can't come, pray where you are. If that's a bad time, find a time every single week. You say, how about every day? That's even better. To pray for people that are bound and entrapped and enslaved by the enemy and they don't even know it. Choose to work and pray like people's lives depend on it because they do. Who says that your prayers won't set a prisoner free? Who says your intercession on behalf of another one won't help them find faith in Christ? Friends, God is at work in the world today. He is stirring the hearts of people. And somehow, some way, it's his plan that we pray and we pray and we pray and we intercede and we go to God persistently and passionately. How do you prioritize things that aren't a priority but need to be a priority? You know, Jesus said this. He said, my father is always at work. I too am working. Jesus says, as long as it's day, we must do the works of him. Work and pray, work and pray, work and pray. Work and pray. What did Jesus say to his first disciples? He said, follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. I want to encourage all of us not to take this message and in some way turn it into a guilt trip. I want us to take this message and, and, and challenge us to turn it into a, a prayer focus. God, help me be a bridge builder. Help me be your harvester. Help me be an ambassador. Help me find opportunities simply to tell my story. Help me to be a bridge that people can walk across as they see my life and learn my story and find faith in Jesus Christ. I'm going to have the ushers hand out one more little card to you here today. It's a friend day card. And I want us to be extremely intentional 
and extraordinarily practical right now. And I want us to think for a moment about who it is in our world that needs the Lord. Who is it that we could invite? Who is it we could invest in? You say, Rob, I've already invited them. They said no. Think of somebody else. Pray about who God could or is laying on your heart. This is a card for you not to give to them. This is for you to intentionalize the message here today, to practically apply the message today. I guarantee you the message is going to be perfect for them next Sunday. It's going to be great for all of us, but it'll be really, really perfect for people that are kicking the tires of faith. The service is specifically designed with them in mind, and we want them to feel welcome, and we want to share very clearly, very simply, and very powerfully who Jesus is and the plan he has for every single one of us. Who is it that God is laying on your heart? Create a prayer list. Create a share list. And pray about it every single day. In Mark 5, 19, Jesus heals a demon-possessed man. Remember that story? And after he's healed, everybody's marveling. Whoa, this is the guy that was a menace to our society. And the guy could hardly believe what Jesus had done for him. And he wanted to. He begged, he begged, he begged. I want to go with you, Jesus. And Jesus said, no, you cannot go home. You cannot go with me. I want you to go home and tell your family and friends how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. In other words, I want you to go home and tell your story. Just tell people about the goodness of God. Don't get into a theological study. Don't feel like you have to have the answers for everything. Just tell your story. I have hope. I have found peace. I now have joy. I have confidence. I have assurance because of Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, the most precious people in the world to us are, are those that we have relationship with family, friends, extended family, work associates, pals at school. And Lord, we find ourselves a little bit at a loss at times of how we can share our faith, how we can help them know that God loves them. We create a list of reasons why that's a bad idea. They're not going to listen. They don't care. They're going to laugh at us. They're going to scoff. They're going to minimize it. But God, I pray that you'll do a work on every single one of our hearts, starting with me. Give us a holy boldness simply just to share hope. Not preach sermons. Share love. Share peace. Share joy. Simply tell our story of what Jesus has done and what Jesus means to us. To simply tell them about forgiveness and eternal life and heaven that's available to every single person. Our sins don't have to be fatal, and our miscues don't have to be final. They can all be forgiven. That's the hope we have in Jesus. And Lord, that's the hope we want to share with those around us. Use us, we pray. Today, if you're here, friend, and you'd say, Pastor Rob, I, I need to commit or recommit my life to Jesus. 
Would you tell me about that and just fill out that connection card in front of you? I want to pray for you specifically this week. And even right now, just simply pray, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I want to follow you. I want to put Jesus first in my life. There's no greater decision in the world than to make peace with God through faith in Christ. We love you, Lord. Use us, God, as your ambassadors, we pray. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. I invite you to stand with me. I'm going to invite our prayer team to come forward. Our tradition service and our online services will close in a very special way. But here we're going to sing a closing song. If you would like special prayer, maybe you'd like to come and pray for a loved one, a friend of yours that needs the Lord. I invite you to do so. Let's sing and then we'll be dismissed.